you might be actually wondering, what do they really do? What do you do? I think that's the name of this episode is, so what do you do? I remember that when I was trying to describe to my dad what it is that I did for a living, he was like, so do you do you work for a school? Like, yeah. who, who actually pays you? Welcome to the Disciple Making Youth Ministry Podcast, where we talk about the calling of youth pastors to equip students for the work of making disciples, moving teens from church attenders to disciple makers. Here are your hosts, Joel Friend and Jeremy Collins. Welcome to the Disciple Making Youth Ministry Podcast. It's great to be with you all today. Jeremy, how are you today? Uh, I'm doing great. I'm excited to get into this conversation. I'm a little warm. I moved yes. around the room some before you got If you, you can't here. tell, uh, Jeremy is glistening here in this shot. He was uh, glowing. It, it was yeah. it was very warm uh, before I came in here, and he had this fan <laughs> blasting that we needed him to turn off. I'll probably end up glistening by the end of this sure. too. But Jeremy, excited to be with you today. A very interesting conversation. Well, why don't you just share a little bit about what we're actually going to talk about? Yeah, well, we're going to address a topic that I think everyone in ministry has dealt with at one point in time, which is the assumption that we do nothing during. The week. Right, right. That we only work on Sundays or ministry days, and the rest of the week is playing video games and hanging out with students or whatever it might be, though that's part of what we do. Uh, but we're going to spend some time talking about the principles that guide what we do and why we do it, what our typical week might look like in our context. And really, the, the point and the heart behind that is to show how we've reoriented our time and the way we look at what we do to uplift and focus on disciple making. And so how we organize our weeks and what that looks like, I'm hoping will be encouragement to some of you who are trying to figure this out. Maybe you're new in youth ministry and you're not sure. And believe me, it's taken me a long time to start to figure out some mm -hmm. of these things, trial and error. And for those of you parents that might be listening, you might be actually wondering, what do they really do? What do you do? I think that's the name <laughs> of this episode is, so what do you do? I remember that when I was trying to describe to my dad what it is that I did for a living, he was like, so do you do you work for a school? Like yeah. who, who actually pays you? I'm like on yeah. oh, the church, like people give money, so on and so forth. Well, I'll have to find the meme because there was <clears throat> one of those where it was the youth pastor, what you think you do, what people think you oh, do. Yeah. With, and yeah, that was a good one. And it's just, it's so true because I think that it can be very nebulous to what we actually do. And when we're pushing towards disciple making and trying to make that the focus, working with volunteers, there's so much more little stuff that goes into all this that I think people miss. And we're going to give our takes on how we approach those. Uh, so take what you like, reject what you don't, uh, but ultimately make disciple making the goal. Yeah. So we, um, when, whenever we listen to podcasts, I know at least when I do, I always like the theory, but that practical piece is really yeah. helpful too. And I think we had this in mind for what we wanted to do last season, but I think it fits well with this. Um, you know, I was thinking about that old cliche quote, you know, before we, you know, got here was that old, you know, you start with the end in mind, you start the journey with the end in mind. Uh, and so I think that's what we want to kind of mm -hmm. talk about today. Uh, and I actually have two very quick quotes for us. One is some from Randy uh, Frazee. Uh, it actually is being quoted by Mark DeVries here, but he has it in his, his notes here. Uh, he said this. He says, whatever we measure really is our mission. Whatever we measure really is our mission. And so then Mark... Uh, uh, DeVries in his book, Sustainable Youth Ministry. Here's another free, shameless, unsponsored plug uh, for anybody who, if anybody wants a free marketing, um, you could just contact us and we'll throw something up in the background <laughs> for you. 
Uh, and so he he's talking about youth ministry models, and he talks about you know how you know churches want to find the one you know rock star youth pastor who's finally going to come through for them, and they're going to get everything to align in the right way, and that things are going to go well. Uh, and then he kind of gives this very interesting note. Uh, he says this. Uh, he says this time when they roll the dice, if they wish hard enough, the church, uh, a thriving youth ministry will turn up. But few people get rich gambling. For everyone that does, there are thousands mired in chronic poverty. But wealth and sustainable youth ministry come not from gambling, but predictably from a strategic, sacrificial, and annoyingly inconvenient investment of time and resources. Annoying. So, I, I, yes, annoying is a really great word mm. added there. So give me some of your thoughts to those two quotes. Yeah, um, first on... Uh, what you measure matters most. I, I think that that is so true, and we don't think about it usually. We measure mm-hmm. it almost subconsciously, and that's what ends up mattering. It reminds me back to some of our episodes previously in season one where we were asking the question, uh, what mattered most to kids in your youth ministry? And they said small group time, uh, and as well as when we're talking about what are, what are we doing that kids want, and, and are we just trying to get people in and kids into our youth ministry? And we talked about how just getting butts in the seats isn't a good growth measurement mm-hmm. because it doesn't lead to sustainable youth ministry or sustainable faith. So I, th- I think that's right on. Uh, the second one, man, I mean, I guess the confession I would have to say is I tried to be that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Right. And, and I think there's that season for most youth pastors where you finally realize, uh, wow, this isn't the road to consistent discipleship. Um, it might be great to be cool and fun and have the kids like you, but I think it can very quickly be. Uh, I like that the kids like me more than I mm. like that the kids love Jesus. Mm. And that that's a struggle, I think, for all of us in ministries. We want to be loved and cared for and liked, and we want to people-please sometimes. But ultimately, the more important question is, is the people we're serving, do they love Jesus? Mm. Uh, and oftentimes in our own ministry, I felt sometimes kids graduated out, and they love Jeremy more than they love Jesus. Yeah. Um, and I didn't necessarily do a great job of at times, a great job of steering them away from that. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's, it's always interesting, you know, when you actually have candid conversations with students mm-hmm. and they tell you why they love what you do, right? So, you know, we had a, I think I mentioned this last season, I said so much stuff I can't remember <laughs> it all, um, where I, I literally had a student tell me, I kind of did an exit interview with this mm-hmm. kid and, and I was just hanging out with them just to, you know, catch up with them. And I was like, so, you know, I, you know, I know you left our youth ministry, go to another one. And I was at a point where I was like, I was fine with it. I sure. think I was a little bit more hurt then about it than I would probably be today. Mm-hmm. At this point, I'm like, oh my gosh, just get in some sort of healthy community, yeah. Christian community somewhere. And I was just like, oh yeah, so what do you think the you know factor was for you? And he was like, they just have better games than you do. And I go, okay, all right, well, that's a that's a thing that that kid mm-hmm. values, and I and I think that um, maybe that was probably the wrong measurement for him personally, but it was it was sort of reflecting on maybe where our priorities were as a ministry, maybe not up in line with what uh, they wanted. And so, yeah, any kid will come to your ministry for anything. But I think what we're ultimately trying to do in this episode is talk about what is our strategic what is our sacrificial and annoyingly investment of time energy and resources towards the goals so jeremy the question is so what do you do what do i do well i want to answer it in two parts first i want to give a little bit of my reasoning 
how I approach scheduling out my week because mm-hmm. it'll make more sense why I schedule the week the way I do and what I do when I do it based on that. And so I, I read a book by Kerry Newhoff talking about uh, how not to burn out in ministry. And it really helped me in thinking about how do I schedule the tasks that I do in order of importance, but I categorize them in a few ways. One, it's what's essential and what's secondary. Yeah. So what are the things in my week that just have to get done this week? What are secondary things? And then second, what, what needs a lot of focus and what maybe are things that don't need as much focus, setting up a room, cleaning up things mm-hmm. that yeah. I can throw in a podcast and do that. And it isn't that much focus. And so, uh, by looking at those two metrics, usually the things that are, uh, very essential and need a lot of focus. I do those in the mornings or early in the week. Hmm. I find myself way more productive in the mornings and way more productive Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday than I am Thursday or Friday. And so I try to schedule my week, putting the things that I'm good at that don't need a lot of focus at times where I might be a little tired. Cause I know I'm going to have to spend more time doing my, uh, for example, expense reports for youth ministry, okay. I'm going to have to spend more time focusing so I don't get a call from the business manager of, oh, you missed this receipt or the, I have to focus on that more than maybe figuring out to do a game or things like that. So I approach my week categorizing in those two ways, but usually this is how it breaks down um, for me when I'm looking at my week. Uh, Mondays are my, now my day off. So this is a new schedule. I haven't had this before. I used to have Fridays. Um, I'm going to actually get to spend time with my wife for the first time in like seven years since we had kids. And uh, our first date while the kids are both at school next Monday is we're going to Costco. Nice. So I'm solid date. Yeah. Cheap lunch. Solid date. Costco without the kids is just fun. Um, (laughs) It just is old people problems anyway. um, But then the rest of my week, I start off Tuesdays and that's where. Tuesday morning is my high creative, high focus, things like creating videos, creating content, putting emails together, things that I need to take some time and really get right. And so that's my Tuesday mornings. Tuesday afternoons, we're hanging out here. Yeah. And this is recharging for me. This It takes focus, but this isn't uh, nearly as demanding as putting some of those other things together. Uh, Wednesday morning is usually p- lesson prep. We got Wednesday night programming for us. Wednesday is our ministry day in the middle of the week. And so it's a lot of lesson prep in the morning and then printouts, games, set up, clean the room, those types of things that, again, don't take much effort. Uh, Thursdays, I'm working from home. So Thursdays are a lot of emails, a lot of video editing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm usually creating a, a video or two a week for our church. And so that's video editing can happen at home while my kids are watching TV or something like that. And then Friday is a meeting day. I'll meet with Kaylin, our uh, part-time youth minister who works with us and we'll kind of set everything up for the next week, create an email, touch base with volunteers, that kind of stuff. That's the overall bones. And then as you know, there's lots of little things that pop up throughout the week, but that's kind of the structure of how I approach my week. And I try to put, if I'm going to have a meeting with someone, I usually am like, hey, let's do coffee 8 a.m. I'm yeah, I will have your full attention. I will be able to focus on you if I move that to that place. If we meet at three o'clock in the afternoon, I'm just not I'm not all focused. I'm kind of tired. I'm kind of uh, ready for the next day's yeah. kind of thing. So that's how I approach it. And that's a little bit briefly of like the big snapshots of what I do. Yeah. So what about, all right, here'd be a question. I'll, I'll answer. I probably won't go as to much detail day sure. to day. I'll, I'll end up doing my, 
sort of brief like bullet points. But what about like when you are, you know, uh, imagine a, a standard ministry week for you in general. What do you what do you think you're uh, what are you planning out to ultimately accomplish in that week? Yeah. And, and so that's where with lesson prep and communication with volunteers being at the front end of the week, our main goal being discipleship is our small group time at youth group. Yeah. And so setting up the lesson and the small group time, we focus so much of our time on that. And so that's why that's a Monday, Tuesday project, yeah, yeah, yeah. not a wait till five minutes before youth group and go, Oh wait, uh, what am I talking about again tonight? Yeah. So that, that's where that takes precedence. And that's where, um, we have enough time to make tweaks and changes if last week, oh, this didn't go that well. Let's yeah. try some different things. Um, so that that's really where a lot of the discipleship focus happens is in the lesson preparation for Wednesday and Sunday nights. Sunday is our high school ministry night. Um, and a lot of times that's also where we're communicating with volunteers and touching base, finding out how small groups have gone. Um, and then always, every day, anytime when I can get to recruiting, I'm always trying to recruit because our goal is to put as many leaders in the lives of kids because discipleship is our focus. So that that's kind of how that takes precedence. Our main discipleship tool is our small groups similar to, to what yeah, you Yeah, I, I, I want to actually, I want to ask you to do a zoom in here in a second. I'll, I'll kind of walk through my week here in a second. I want to do a zoom in of like, okay, walk us through the night. Like yeah. I, I'd be curious about yeah. that. It's like, what is it? Because I remember a couple years ago, I was I was trying to figure that out. It's like, okay, what does a night look like? How much time do I spend? Mm. A lot, you know, so on and so forth. So I'd love to zoom in on that. So for me, the 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 main things that I am trying to accomplish are communication yep. with leaders and parents. Uh, I am trying to have the necessary meetings that I need to have in order to prepare and communicate with my, you know, I have a family ministry team, I have a student ministry sure. team that we we meet and talk. Uh, Sophia and I always meet on Tuesdays and Fridays. Tuesdays are designed to talk about the week ahead. Friday is designed to talk about what has happened in the week past uh, as a means of being able to, your point, kind of look at what happened and tweak what we need to for the next week. Um, and that's just a chance for us to think together too. I mean, the other one is uh, Friday is a good one. It's like, okay, what did you see from last night in terms of ministry sure. needs? Like, did you we see can. any kids? Do you have any kids that like had a particular night or anything you noticed, anything we need to follow up with? So it's that relational piece. So, uh, so I have my meetings to kind of prepare. I also have my relational meetings. Like I have three different people that I essentially rotate through students, uh, uh, parents, and I usually do that with uh, lunch, coffees, or dinners, yep. sometimes yep. breakfast, uh, and then um, my leaders. My leaders are, I try to meet with them every six weeks, and we got a lot of meters, uh, a lot of leaders, and so I end up meeting with them a lot. And I usually use like lunches for that, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. um, and then Friday afternoons and Wednesday afternoons for students. Now, I'm also going to a lot of like soccer games, golf matches, uh, yeah, soccer and golf, football Saturday mornings because sure. we have some kids on the JV team. Uh, so on and so forth. So those things happen. So what's interesting is like sometimes Saturdays are ministry days. Sometimes they're not. You know, it, dep it just depends on the schedule of that week. And then we also have uh, the last thing is kind of our main main things that we do, mm -hmm. uh, which are, you know, Bible studies. Uh, and uh, so our, the girls' ones are on Sunday nights. The guys are on uh, Tuesday nights. And then we have our main program uh, in terms of our large group gathering on Thursday nights. And, and so, you know, one of the things I wanted to bring up, too, is part of the reason why we plan the way that we do is, is thinking through what do these kids need mm -hmm. out of this given week? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what do we need to provide for students in this week to meet a variety of needs? 
One is the need for um, a healthy Christian community. Sure. The second is the need for uh, a scriptural conversation. Yeah. Uh, another need is around students who um, uh, need to develop discipleship tools and spiritual strategies mm-hmm. and all those sorts of things for their own personal development. And we also, you know, our Bible studies are designed uh, to do kind of two things, help kids gain confidence in their own ability to read the Bible, but we also do it so that they can teach others. So my Bible study that I did this last summer, the first several weeks were about me teaching them how to, how to do, it. do yeah. it. And then the last couple of weeks were actually, they had time ahead of time to prepare and lead the group. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's the same thing as like, you know, <laughs> I, you know, I have a couple buddies of mine and he's trying to show us how he does um, this particular, uh, you know, craft that he has. And I have watched him do it five times. And I said, mentioned him the last time I was like, and I haven't, I haven't really done anything sure. with it. And so my thought ended up being, and I said to him out loud, I said, Aaron, I've watched you do this five times and I'm nowhere closer to doing this than when we started because all I've done is watch him rather than actually yeah. do it. And so I wonder if that's a missing piece for what we're doing in youth ministry is we, we hold everything in our, our corner as like, we have all the knowledge, we have all the skill and all that stuff. Are we giving students the opportunity yeah. in order to yeah. do that? I mean, that's, I think that's one thing that we want to help them to do is articulate their faith, but also understand how to read the scripture on their own for themselves, but also to teach others. And then Thursday nights are really that healthy community. Mm-hmm. And we, we have convert that's more conversations around God's words, kind of yeah. like the intro uh, to being a part of our ministry. Uh, and then the other stuff is just me hanging out with kids one-on-one, uh, meeting with kids, uh, you know, uh, spending some time with them. Also, I, I started seminary this week. So there's that. And and we both are part of the preaching teams at times at our yes. churches. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. that throws a whole different flow into the week. And yeah. yeah, it does. So yeah. So uh, anything you want to respond to anything I just said? No, well, I, I think that I think what you're saying um, is so crucial because I think that the way that you just describe the relationality of what you do, of how you're meeting with leaders and meeting with students and going to games and doing those things that are so important um, it can be easy to forget about those things and just do the tasks that are at hand, but mm-hmm. you're able to sit back and say, okay, what is essential relationships? How do I foster relationships? How do I help these relationships grow? So I think that you're living out the principles that you're wanting to see happen. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the encouragement we would give to you listening or watching is sit down and, and talk about what is your ministry about and then start to work out what your week looks like. I'll also say, though, that knowing that we've both been in our places of ministry for a considerable amount of time, there's a, a level of trust that we've gained from our senior leaders that they know what we're about in ministry. Yeah. And so we're able to be very flexible with our schedules to suit ministry yeah. and and do that well. Um, and you might be in a situation that's not that, and that's okay. You have to work with the context that you're given. Um, if it's a timesheet situation and things like that, yeah, and, and it can be challenging. Yeah, but the truth is, ministry doesn't always fit in that context. So you have to find ways to put and at a priority what is important, and that's what you've done. And I think it's a a great lesson to take practically from what you said. Yeah, awesome. Okay, Jeremy, I'm a new kid. I've never come to your youth group before. Walk me through the like. Obviously, you have your study and, you know, you do stuff off to the side. But the main thing, yeah. and I'm I'm walking into it, what's my night look like? 
What does the night look like? Well, if you show up, it depends upon what age you are. We have preteen and middle school that both meet on Wednesday nights, but we put them in different locations. So if you're a preteen student or a middle school student, you'll be taken that way. But regardless of that, all our nights start about the same, which is kind of catch up, hang out, unstructured time at the front end, uh, partly because people don't always show up at the same time. Right, yeah. And it also gives leaders a chance to bounce around and connect with multiple students and, and kind of work the room. Sometimes that's outside or for at least as long as it can be until it's November here in Pittsburgh. And then we got to go back inside. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a lot of unstructured hangout, uh, talk, food, drinks, all that at the beginning. Particularly if you're a new student, this is where as a, a leader is going to come up, introduce themselves, talk to you, get to know you. Um, hopefully not in a super overbearing way, but at least in a fun way. Um, and most times if a student's coming, they know someone in the ministry. It's, it's very rare, at least for us, right, that right, someone comes no, without right. a relationship prior of some kind. Yeah. Um, so then we shift into our fun stuff and some of our connection, games, goofiness. Uh, it allows laughter to happen and walls and barriers to break down a little bit. So do you have planned games? We do. Okay. We have some structured games. And for our preteen students who are the four, five, and six, we're going to do some arts and crafts and things that are okay. still more in that kitty frame. Uh, that's also where we do a service project type thing. So that 6.15 to 7 o'clock time is flexible, but usually it's something fun, run around, but it's also not something we very much advertise. And I say this to parents when we had our parent meeting. I said, we, there's a reason we don't talk a ton about what games we're playing at youth group. Uh, we spend time planning. It's not because we haven't planned them, right. but we're not making that the draw. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're playing Go Ball. If you don't know what Go Ball is, go look it up. It's a Paralympic sport. It's amazing. We're playing it on Wednesday. Go look it up. Anyway, um, <laughs> but we're not advertising that yeah. as much as we're saying, well, that's what we're going to do. And then from there, we switch into a, a time of teaching, which is usually 10 to 15 minutes, either Kaylin or I teaching up front in the group. And then the rest of our time, about 45 minutes is spent in small groups with leaders. And that's really where life is shared. The week is recapped and some of the lesson is debriefed. But the more important is the relational pray with one another, care for one another. And here's some questions to talk about. How long is your teaching time? Teaching time varies, but I would say we're shooting for 15 minutes at the longest. Sure. Is kind of our shot because what we really want them to do is we don't want them to tune out so much that they're just going to be not paying attention or or not involved in small group time. Um, But we also want to be direct enough that we're giving them uh, a solid foundation of which to then leaders can build off of in their conversations. So 45 minutes, is that for both middle and high school or just high school? That's the same for every age group. Every age group. How do you find that time? Does that time get filled well? Or, or do you feel like leaders run out of material at some point? Yeah, it comes down. The, the challenge comes, especially at the beginning of the year when relationships are being formed, um, okay. especially for new, newer students. Sometimes that time isn't always filled up all the way. And so that's when with our leaders and students in different spaces, we'll give room for, OK, the last five minutes, if you've run out of time, hang out, talk. It isn't always so structured so that the leaders have the flexibility to do icebreakers, things like that to get to know you for the younger kids, the four, five and six graders. Um, we usually probably limit the small group and lesson time to 45 minutes total because they're a little bit more scatterbrained and it's hard to keep them all focused, uh, especially fourth graders. They're just so excited to not be in kids ministry. Anymore. Right, right, right. It's like, okay. There are no rules. Ah! 
right, right. Uh, yeah. So, but that gives you an idea of what it would look like. The emphasis being on that small group time and uh, really letting our leaders do the majority of ministry, talking with kids, being with kids. And we've just got some rock star leaders that, uh, man, just do an awesome job. Yeah, that's great. So what what does your night look like? New students showing up? Yeah, actually, before I answer that question, there was something else I wanted to say before I I, uh, go on to this. So part of the reason why I plan the week Mm -hmm. the way we do is the most precious thing that a kid has to give to us is time. Mm -hmm. Number one thing. And so what we also find is that not every kid can make it at a certain time frame on one night of the week. And so what we try to do is we try to spread things out to think about a ministry week going from, say, Saturday to Friday. Uh, What I used to do is I used to have a roster of the kids that we had. I would only mark them, you know, present or absent based on the week uh, for our Thursday night ministry. Mm -hmm. That's not fair. What's really happening is, what you know, who did we minister to this week? You take the roster of your kid, and that can be in Bible study. That can be on a Thursday night in small group, you know, kid being present for that. That can even be having coffee for a kid. But imagine you you went, uh, you had a kid who wasn't able to make Bible study, wasn't able to be there on Thursday night, uh, but but you were able to have coffee with a kid that week. Did you not minister to that kid? So if our goal is who are we ministering to this week, I think instead of taking it based on one mm-hmm. program, you spread things out so that you can try to hit a wider target of being able to say, okay, these are all the kids that got ministered. Some of them is a little differently. Bible study is all about developing that skill yeah. uh, to be able to understand it and then thus do personal time and, and teach it to others. And then Thursdays are under more being around conversations around topics in Scripture and things of that nature, so it's a little bit different. And so, But what we want to ask the question of is, who did we minister to in that week? So I wanted to keep that in mind. Well, and so what you're doing is you're measuring what matters most, ministering yeah. to kids, not yeah, butts I read in the, the seats book. on Thursday nights. Yeah, I read the book. <laughs> I read the book. It's so funny. You and I kind of talked about this. I, I read this book probably my first couple of years, maybe into youth ministry, maybe a year in, and all that stuff back then. I was like, yeah, sure, absolutely. I'll try to do this. Now as I like look back over it, I'm like, oh, I got to read this again because now older, almost 10, almost 10 years, oh, no, it'd be... Yeah, it'd be about it'd be about eleven years since I've read this book. Mm-hmm. I probably would agree with everything he's saying now, but I probably didn't live and, and minister in a way that I actually did agree with him. Yeah, yeah. So okay, all right. My if you're walking into my night, so our Thursday nights, um, we do a unique thing with our ministry that I'm finding to be unique. Hmm. Um, so people do, tend to do one of three things: they either have sixth through twelfth grade all in one place on the same night, and they figure that out. Uh, another thing people do is they do middle school on one night, high school on another night. Yep. Um, and then uh, for us, we actually do back to back on the same night. That's literally how it's been ever since that I've sh- uh, ever since I showed up. Uh, and so our middle school ministry uh, runs from six to seven thirty, and then our high school ministry runs from seven fifteen to nine. But that fi- seven fifteen to seven thirty time frame is where cafe happens and so we have these wonderful volunteers who help run cafe and it just creates really good energy and community it's all in one space there's games down there uh and so if you're a new kid and you're a middle school kid and you've shown up at six o'clock you'd walk in you'd be greeted by sophia and i we are always the first smiling faces that you meet 
uh, and we high five you on the on the way in, or at least we used to. Uh, now we now we fist bump on the way in, uh, and uh, and then you know if they were brand new, we'd walk them up to the registration table, get them on inside. So we don't do a planned game. We don't have a structured yeah. game. We do have what we call like stations. Yeah. So uh, they, if you were to walk out this Thursday, we're having nice weather this week. Uh, there would be um, there'll be a nine square up. There'll be a Gaga pit out. Uh, there will be a bubble hockey. There will be Connect Four. We're going to have a lady, I think, do some crafts. Nice. So we have a lot of different things for a lot of different kids. So maybe not every kid wants to play Nine Square. Maybe not every kid wants yep. to do Gaga Ball. But maybe they want to do something creative uh, or something that's you know like a you know a Connect Four, giant Connect Four. And so we have options for our kids, and we kind of tell our leaders, hey, engage each of those options. Yeah, and so about about the eighteen minute mark, about six eighteen, yes, to be that specific. We we have everybody go upstairs our worship centers upstairs and that's where we kind of do the impossible shot i don't know if you guys yep. do the impossible yeah, shot here uh so we're up to 150 dollars uh wow. it's been it's been five years four years since anybody said it so the jackpot's gone up and so we kind of in the midst of doing the impossible shot we welcome new kids we have announcements and then we move into our teaching time now this teaching time is different than I've ever seen it done because uh, we were doing something last uh, last semester, not semester, two semesters ago in the fall, where our church was doing an integrated series uh, where everybody in the church was kind of reading the same thing, which mm. is kind of a cool yeah. thing. Everybody's doing yeah. the same thing. We didn't entirely follow the schedule uh, verbatim because it didn't always align up with our schedule, but we were doing basically an inductive Bible study and that didn't work for our small group time because what would happen is we would do a teaching and the teaching would be 15, 20 minutes or so. And then they would go to small group and then they would talk about the passage and then they would try to talk about the application pieces and then they would want to do. But all the kids would want to do is talk about their happies and crappies, yeah. their highs and lows. It's yep. all they would want to yep. do. And so January of last year, I don't even know what to call this method, but it's the Joel's uh, vetoed the old way method of doing uh, the teaching time. Trademark that. Yeah, yeah. so the, they, the Joel's, Joel's uh, well, how about I say this? Joel's volunteers, did I say that? No, you didn't. Joel's volunteers vetoed the old method of how we did stuff, especially for my high school ministry. So we guinea pigged it in high school. Mm. High schoolers loved it. Leaders loved it. And now we're working it into our middle school. So what we will do is we will have a particular passage that we're talking on. Uh, the teacher will maybe do like a two to three minute introduction about the idea. And then what we do is in uh, upstairs, we break them out into circle up, the you know, huddle up groups, and they all read the passage together. And there's a series of questions that, you know, hey, what do you notice in this text? What things stand sure. out to you? And so they spend about 10, 10 to 12, 10 to 15 minutes, high school is a little bit longer, reading that, going over that, engaging the text upstairs right before our, you know, there's more teaching. And then each group has to have a spokesman stand up and share what it is that they found in the text. Mm. And so it's been, it's a separate sort of teaching time, but it's also an engaging of scripture. Yeah. And then we come back together and then there's like a 10 minute just kind of unpacking the text mm. from our teaching point of view. 
And then what they'll do is they'll go downstairs, and the very first thing they'll talk about is, since it's fresh, is what are the application pieces of this? So we went from talking about small groups to now talking about what we call, well, we called them small groups. Now we're doing the old, this is you know a model that people have. We call them life group now because yeah. they better reflect what we're trying to accomplish sure. in that time. So life group is talking about how does the scripture we talked about apply to your life, but also we end with the happies and crappies. For the longest time, my kids were like, we need to start with this. And that's beautiful because they want to have that. They want to really, talk it through. They want to yeah. talk They want to talk it through. They want to talk about their lives. But we want to end with that. Uh, that way it leads into an opportunity for them to, to pray. pray together. Yeah, that's great. For them to pray together. So uh, our high school kids, the, the second part's going to be a little bit newer to them, but we'll see how it goes. But we're excited because it'll kind of touch on the biblical conversation, just kind of unpacking the text. And then how does that actually apply to their life when they talk about it in life group? Because when we're done with teaching, they'll head downstairs into their, their life groups and have the conversations there. And then basically we end our night. So that's the same thing we do for high school, except for we add worship because we have a little bit more time for it. Sure. Uh, and then we end up, your mind is spinning right now. I'm thinking. I got it. Oh, I got, I think I got, I got a question. Yeah, go. Yeah. The, the, the people on, on video could have seen that you listening could not. No. Um, so here's my question. When you break off into those scripture reading groups yeah. are each of those led by a leader yep. or those student led? Okay. So they're led by their life group leader. So it's the same group. They're just yep. doing a different activity yep. coming back together. Then that's neat. Yeah. Cause what was happening is that the life group leader, the small group leader at the time was just struggling to get them to engage the uh. text. And so to, in their small group time, separate from everybody else. But when there is a structured time for that as a part of the teaching, you cannot escape it. And everybody's on the hook. It's almost this like crowd accountability that everybody's going to read this text together. Mm -hmm. Everybody's going to have this conversation about it. We're all doing this at the same time. Everybody knows. And then each group is on the hook to kind of share some of the things they discovered and found. And, but the other wonderful thing is, is what you might not get, uh, you know, we, we split up age and uh, age or grade and gender is that you know you might not get a female's perspective on what it is that we talked about and a male night or a female might not get a male's perspective sure. about what they talked they about so hearing the voice of their other classmates is a wonderful part about that as well so yeah so we break them out upstairs into their same sure. groups with their same people with their same leader and then they go downstairs same people they talk about it. that's great now i think that that's that's interesting um, because you're right, those are things that I hadn't thought of doing it that way, but it totally makes sense because you're building this this process of discernment and scripture reading and mentorship and all of these things combined into how you do your night. And that's that's why that's what we're talking about when we're saying disciple making youth ministry, not just uh, youth ministry for youth ministry's sake. Right. Mm -hmm. And and while happies and crappies might be a great thing to get students to do relational stuff together. Yeah. If that's all we do, then that's not the point of disciple making. Yeah. That's just therapeutic moral deism. Feel good about myself. Feel good that I help someone else. God's loving. Yay. But to look at the text, apply it to our lives, do the hard work with a leader. Yeah. I, I think that you're on to something there. I'd love to hear how that goes with middle school as well. And yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I'll say it this way. Like it, in the last seven years, we, we learned what didn't work sure. and I won't know if this That's will work right. for another six or seven years. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. I mean, we're experimenting with stuff that we think is right down the alley of where we should be going. And we'll see if it does indeed create some sustainable youth ministry for what we want. So that gives me a question. Is there anything that you've got in the, in the pressure cooker that you're thinking about trying out that hasn't happened yet, or this is kind of, 
Well, the multiply thing is still in the pressure cooker because we're actually in the early phases of it. Sure. But, um, but yeah, I mean, we'll see how that. So we've gone through the initial phase. I'm just now we're trying to relaunch it with the the, new new leaders and stuff like that, and we'll see how it goes. Neat, neat. That's awesome. Well, I I hope that this has helped you. Or at least if you've been interested to just know what Joel and I do in a week. Yeah. Um, there's more that's in there and and that's by design. We can't get through everything uh, that we do. But the, the goal is to show you how we approach ministry. And let me be the first to say, and Joel's already said it a little bit in how he's approached it, but these things change. This isn't how we've done it all the time. Um, and week in, week out, I'm, I'm making tweaks and changes as well. But it comes down to what what is our goal? And if we keep that goal in mind both for our leader's sake and our ministry's sake, it, we're going to find ourselves in the place hopefully we want to be as opposed to uh, building ministries that are just built on sand, not on foundations of rock. And Amen. so that that's our goal is to encourage you. Um, take a look at your week. Take a look at what you do and how you do it and why you do it. And if you come to not being able to answer why you're doing something, maybe that's something you shouldn't be doing. Yeah. Um, and and make that case. Do that with maybe your supervisor as well. Uh, I can't imagine uh, how flabbergasted a senior pastor might be if someone came and said, hey, I want to do ministry better. Can you help me figure out my week? These right. are something yeah. like those are good questions to ask that usually don't happen in ministry because we're held tyranny of the urgent, whatever the next thing is, especially now that fall is here. Uh, ministry nights are coming. So thank you so much for joining us. Um, If you've found us on YouTube or if you were listening on the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever it is that you get your podcast, you can also follow us on Instagram at uh, download. Oh, what is it now? Oh, gosh. You almost said download youth ministry. I almost said download youth ministry. Trying to keep plugging for them. You keep. That's that's my bad. Yeah, you put it in my head. Disciple making YM. Yeah, disciple making underscore YM. Yeah. Yeah. And so you can follow us there. uh, But ultimately, we hope and pray that this has been a benefit to you. And we're excited to hear uh, how some ways you can find us on Instagram there. Some ways that you do your week that's different. Yeah, so we're excited for our conversation next week. Our first guest on the show, Joe Williams. So thank you so much for joining us, and we will catch you on the next one. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Disciple Making Youth Ministry Podcast. We sure do hope you enjoyed it. If you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe wherever it is you consume your podcast. We hope you have been encouraged by what you have heard and you're ready to jump into the hard work of disciple making. Catch you on the next one.